0: Welcome to the show. My name's Johnny Ball. This is the Christmas special edition of Speaking Influence. I am very happy to be delivering, as promised, my conversation with internationally renowned body language expert, Mark Bowden. Now, Speaking Influence is the show where we talk all about learning to build your influence and to be able to have ethical persuasion skills that you can apply in life and in business. And Mark is a true expert in this. That's why I've been so excited to speak with him. And I'm even more excited to bring that conversation to you. Speaking Influence is the show where we talk to body language experts, political speech writers, professional speakers, comedians, ex-cult members, secret service members, and more besides, to get deeper insights into the world of influence and persuasion, both the ethical and the unethical sides, so that we know what to do for ethical influence and persuasion, and we can also recognise and defend against unethical uses. This is one of those episodes where you might just want to have a pen and pencil handy and take some notes. Mark goes through some great information and delivers some incredible knowledge bombs. I hope you'll enjoy listening to this conversation as much as I enjoyed having it. So, This is Johnny from Speaking Influence wishing you all a very happy Christmas. Now, over to Santa.
1: Welcome to Speaking Influence, the show that helps you master the tools of ethical influence and persuasion with persuasive presentations and podcasting host, Johnny Bob. If you're a coach, speaker or a course creator and would like to have a simple online ecosystem for your business where you can create funnels, build an integrated website, sell and host courses and live programs, build your list with lead magnets, manage your sales, create communities and so much more in a way that is affordable and fully supported, you'll love New Zendler. You can try everything out for free. And if you love it, you can register for monthly or discounted annual billing. It's more cost effective than nearly every other platform out there. Don't pay for a multitude of services you have to then link up manually. Get an online Solution that does everything you need in one place. Find the link in the show notes and try New as the all-in-one solution for your business today.
0: Welcome to Speaking Influence. Now, I'm excited because we're going to talk about something that I haven't talked about before on the show, at least not in any detail. I'm not with anyone who has expertise in this. I have been looking forward to this conversation about body language with an internationally renowned body language expert. Welcome to the show, Mark Bowden. Thanks, Johnny. Thanks for having me here. Really appreciate it. I I have been so excited about getting to speak to you because this is such an interesting area and a very important part of the influence and persuasion part of life and how we look and status. And I know that a lot of the people you work with are very highly
1: influential people. Yeah, well, you know, they, they certainly have sometimes some status and that does have its own aura. Uh, around it that can cause people to join in. But even so, they're often lacking in some way a sense of some of the finer points of influence and persuasion, even with the status that they have. And they're trying to influence and persuade people sometimes of the same or even higher status than them. So everybody, luckily for me, needs some help
0: yeah well i i certainly do and i'm looking forward to, to getting some tips and pointers from you along the way one thing that i'm asking my guests at the start of the show now is for somebody who stands out for you or has stood out for you in in life as being uh maybe some a, a particularly point of good influence someone who's been good with influence and persuasion somebody who stands out for you maybe as a role model in that kind of arena
1: yeah so look all, all... What I'm usually looking for in people who I'm really interested in, in this arena, is something new, because there's there's lots of work out there around influence and persuasion. You only need to put it into Google, and all the usual great books will come up, and so you'll be able to find those people very, very easily. Somebody who I have a great time with at the moment is my friend, colleague, Chase Hughes, From the behavior panel, Chase has written a brilliant book called The Ellipsis Manual, where inside that that book, before I'd read that book, there were at least a couple of things that I'd never come across before. In influence and persuasion, simply because he'd made them up and, and they're really good. Okay. (laughs) You know, he'd come up with a new idea. Okay. Or, or more importantly, a new model, a new way of describing something in the world of influence and persuasion in a way that's really, really helpful and uh, a new technique as well that I'd not come across before. And I've seen most stuff yeah so so i'm always interested in what chase has to say and we have great conversations that's great i'm gonna have to check that out and we're looking to get some new
0: ideas on influence and persuasion i appreciate that Where, where did your journey into the world of body language and physical communication start
1: yeah it started for me in the world of animal behavior really and natural history i think maybe just Maybe you're a little bit like me, Johnny. When we were kids, I reckon we probably watched a lot of natural history shows on on TV. Fair bit, uh, yeah. Johnny Morris, that kind of thing. Yeah, yeah absolutely, Johnny Morris. <laughs> what a what a genius! And so, you know, I was really excited by that world of natural history, of animals, of behaviour, and also just moving images and tv for me was full of wonderful lands and wonderful moving images and animals that i had seen and hadn't seen and insights into their behavior and so it really started with that obviously it moved on to human beings in the end and as i got a little bit older i was interested in well why does that human being do that why did that one go over and do that why aren't those two getting on how can i get that person to join in with me and and work with me and help me and move things along in the direction that i think is important so really it came from natural history uh, a lot of the, the works of darwin and evolution and eventually i dropped into what we might call evolutionary behavioral psychology which is you know why we do what we do because we we are descendant from ground dwelling mammals yeah.
0: Now, I, I would kind of imagine, and and this is where I'm sort of maybe want to get filling some gaps here of your the educational journey. So we've got the the psychology part of painful psychology, uh, but we imagine that like, other than that, you now teach this stuff. That it's not very easy to find a school for body language. So was there an element that a lot of this you had to investigate and research yourself, or wh- where did this all start to piece together for you?
1: Yeah. So a lot of it, you're right. There was, at the time when I was looking into this and enjoying, there was no school that I knew of around this, though I was being educated in other areas, in, in, a, long, in, in a line of tradition, essentially. So uh, I was studying fine art, performing art, and there is a long, long, long line of tradition of how do you influence and persuade large groups of people in a new idea and and action them very quickly in the direction you want them to go and that goes back right back to the ancient greeks and it is written very clearly as to exactly what you do in order to motivate a populace and yeah. and the visual form around that rediscovered almost i'm going to say well reanimated let's say is the best way to 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 call it, research was done as to what in Greek theatre truly happened visually, along with the words, along with the the logos. What actually happened alongside that that could cause a populace to be moved in a certain uh, direction. Uh, a lot of the work of a theatre practitioner called Jacques Copo w- was around that. That got passed on eventually to Jacques Lecoq. I worked with Jacques Lecoq and and many of the people around. Uh, him. And so I was immersed in a tradition that went back literally thousands of years around that. Yeah, that's amazing. So it's something like physical rhetoric, kind of. Yeah, absolutely. Physical rhetoric. Absolutely. For us at the time, it was really about, well, it was about the idea of conspiracy. How do you get people to breathe with you and therefore to experience an emotion, the emotion you want them to feel? It's, It's even more than empathy it's that you are motivating them at a very fast rate towards exactly the feeling you want them to have at exactly the time you want them to to have it. And being able to change those feelings very, very quickly. And so from the work that I was doing around that, people from politics and business, knowing what I'd managed to achieve in theatre and film and TV around that, were going, can you do that with our audiences in the realm of politics or business? And I said, yeah, I think I can. So I fell into influence and persuasion within politics and business from the world of theatre, film, TV, and art in general.
0: Yeah. This is definitely the the bit that I most want to get into with you then about understanding what influence and persuasion looks like in terms of body language Mm and why that's important, how much people are communicating with posture and physicality and and what communicates influence and and what communicates maybe the opposite of that or the mistakes that people made. I'm going to try and put a lot of questions in together, but let's start with the beginning. Like, What does influence look like in, in terms of body language?
1: Yeah look let's pick some really simple stuff to describe this Johnny you and I I am I'm guessing from your accent and the little conversation that we've had you originally come from from England somewhere do yeah. yeah yeah so we have some similarities there but I'm pretty sure our parents weren't the same parents otherwise I'd probably know you a bit better than I know you we already. might have met before, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, so we have some. There's some some elements of our DNA which are not going to be the same, but there's some elements which are ultimately super super similar. And we've we've grown up in the same pretty much the same culture, though not the same microculture. So there's some similarities yeah. and some differences. There's a really strong similarity. I can't see the whole of your body right now, but I'm guessing roughly two arms, two legs and a head. I can see the head. Can't see the legs and the arms. But well, I'm going rough, to roughly guess. Last it. time I counted, yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And so that's a strong similarity between you and me. So we don't know each other's background fully, but my instinct knows exactly what you're dealing with right now. And here's an element that I know that body, two arms, two legs, and a head is dealing with just like I am right now. You're dealing with gravity, just like every other human being on the planet. Your body is designed around standing up against gravity, this constant fight around that force that because of the the mass making a curve in space and time, it draws you towards this bigger mass of the earth which is making that that curve in space and time so you're battling against that and i know that and i can see at the moment you know, what makes me feel very confident co- great great um, uh, word confident confides to have trust with you what makes me have trust with you is i see you winning the battle against gravity right now okay i see yeah. i notice that gravity so far has not got the better of you Uh, During our time together, and that's working on me all the time unconsciously. Now, hopefully, you're seeing that it hasn't got the better of me. Okay. Now, what I'm going to do is allow that gravity to get the better of me. Okay. And all I've done is softened my the muscles in my spot right now. So you'll be seeing a different image of me, Johnny. But everybody else who's listening to me right now, you'll have already noticed that this is Che Alt fundamentally changed the rhythm of my speech the tonality of my voice johnny you'll be noticing that my eyes are cast uh uh, are um well they're naturally kind of i can't get the right word now and the reason i can't get the right word is this is also compressing my lungs which means my level the the levels of oxygen available to my neocortex which is Running my language uh, system, which the neocortex takes a huge amount of adenosine tri- triphosphate, which, which needs the, 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 the oxygen uh, for it. Anyway, what you'll, what you'll have already noticed is, is that you are way less engaged with me right now. Now all I'm going to do is just, you know, by my own will, strengthen the muscles in the back of my spine, and I want you to notice exactly what happens to me so quickly. So quickly, how it's now, now I'm elevated. Now I'm what I would call in my language, buoyant. Now I'm buoyant against gravity. Okay. My hands have become buoyant. There's a whole different set of signals coming towards you. And it's instantly working on my own endocrine system. The levels of oxygen and carbon dioxide are different. The vagus nerve is responding to that. It's sending a whole bunch of different neurotransmitters into my brain and around my brain, around that. And all that was about was the fundamental fight against gravity that every human being on the planet is working with anyway i hope that explains that johnny <laughs> <laughs>
0: it, <laughs> it does start to you know there, there's something i don't know where you stand on things like nlp linguistic programming but in I, I, I can remember doing some trainings in in that area and, and one of the things that get taught about was physiology and talked about it i don't think they explained it quite scientifically or as well as no. you did but the difference that it really makes in terms of uh, your own just your own mood and energy is really what it was taught about from being slatched over to being more upright or being stood upright with shoulders back and chest out kind of thing uh, the the energetic change that you feel there uh, and so for, so from that sense it's very much about what you do to yourself as, as much as what you're projecting out to other people
1: yeah yeah exactly uh, so 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 i did a little bit of stuff in nlp back in the day back in the uh, would have been late 80s early 90s somewhere around that actually with with Richard Bandler. And and I felt, brilliant though it is, it was all actually a little bit slow for me yeah. in that it had come from a certain area of therapy, and therapy is utterly reliant on an hour a week for five years, and, and an organization of an industry that's kind of reliant on that. I was like, well, we could do all of this way, way quicker if you just understood a little bit better how this physiology really, really works. Because as you rightly say there, Johnny, it seems to change the energy of you. And I would go, Oh, no, I can be a little more definite than that. Like, I can absolutely record the levels of oxygen and carbon dioxide that are changing. I know what that does to the metabolism, and I know how quickly it can do that. I know what it does to the breathing rate, and I know what that rate, that rhythm, that that cyclic cadence, I know what neurotransmitters that's going to trigger off. So I know how to change the breath, and that happens really quickly really quickly, usually within about th- three breathing cycles, the change will have will have happened, which means you can change somebody's feelings. If you send a strong, clear signal, they will mirror you. It has to be strong, and clear. Other human beings follow the strongest, clearest signal in the room, not the best signal, not the smartest signal, the strongest, clearest signal. That's what they're designed to do. If you can send a strong, clear signal, you can get people to change quite subtly sometimes, their behavior in front of you, but that can change their psychology very, very quickly and in a super fundamental way. So that's what I concentrated on in in terms of influence is to go, or certainly persuasion uh, a little bit more than influence, simply because influence for me means to be in flow, to be in the river with. That's really about me mirroring them and copying them and going, hey, I'll join with you so you feel good about me. Then I'll do, I'll do persuasion on the whole, get them comfortable. Yeah. Get them trusting again can happen very, very quickly. If you use the environment to do that and then get them to mirror you, copy you really fast, really quickly in a very definite style. And then they'll change their feeling around you again. I hope that makes sense, Johnny, because I can rant on (laughs) <laughs> it, it
0: absolutely makes makes sense to me and i'm just wondering what kind of signs or signals there are in, in people's body language that express status beyond what you talked about
1: yeah lovely okay so let's look at status uh as a guest johnny as a guess, somebody of high status somebody with who who let's just say that status is when you have control of resources that are seen by others as valuable. Yeah. That's to say, look, I can have high status, but walk into a certain land and they'll go, well, you're nothing because I am not in control of the resources that are most valuable in that area. Okay. But let's just say as a general rule, what in your mind are the universal elements of resource that most people would find valuable? What do you think? Oh. M- money would be one, right? Okay, money. Yeah, uh, yeah. This is, well, so let's stick with that. So, how how do we know what's one of the universal signals that would suggest somebody has money?
0: Hmm. Uh, they they may be well known
1: in in business or media because of it. Right. So there's, there's fame or, or renown. Okay. But like that's super reliant. If I want to influence and persuade most people, that's kind of super reliant on understanding the media channels and who owns those. And, and so I need some, I need something. I need something, Johnny, that, that is, has been for thousands of years, a universal indicator, easily seen that somebody might have access to 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 money to wealth to notes of exchange because they something is on their body that that yeah, could signal clothing. that. What do you think? The, the way they dress. The way they dress. Yeah. Now dress changes over over time. And so at one point it's like I like your shiny leather shoes with your big big fancy silver buckles on, but now it could be a. Tra- a, a pair of trainers that cost three thousand dollars or even even more. And and we might not all recognize that. Like what has been recognizable for thousands and thousands and thousands of years? Any ideas? I, I'm I'm struggling with this area, yeah. other than people's faces and haircuts. Yeah. Well so you know bad. the thing is it is so it it's 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 so under the wire that we often don't recognize it because I keep showing it to you, which is gold. uh uh-huh, okay. Yeah. And so and so the moment you, you will, and I want you to, to walk out there in the world, okay? And I want you to notice what happens when you're with somebody and, and, for example, large amounts of gold are easily visible to you. They are displaying in a very visible way large portions of gold. And I want you to notice how you perform around them, okay? Because check if I'm true or not. Check how influential and persuasive that signal of having large amounts of gold adorning the body is with you. Yeah, that, that tomb of Tutankhamun, it's solid gold around it. Yeah. Can you look at that and you go, well, that's a nobody. Or do you go, that had to be the most powerful person in the land at the time. Even when dead, surrounded, uh, their body in." encased in gold yeah the closer you get to that the more you'd look like wow there's somebody power yeah so give me give me some feedback on that johnny you know how how true does that feel to you Uh,
0: i i can definitely see that and that where that fits in as an element of status and uh, i think we definitely see it uh, if you see somebody like more likely a woman but somebody who's dripping in diamonds for example you would automatically associate that kind of status as well but i guess the gold is that a far more common one for us to to see but yeah i, I certainly think see that in business environments and it's so subtle you mm. <laughs> say so you may not even notice it
1: it's just no, uh,
0: but, no, it's but still... you may you may you may clock it but just not consciously have awareness of
1: it yeah so some of it is so subtle you're not going to you're not going to clock it and for people like me that can instruct people how to use it, it will be totally under the wire. Yeah, your uh, only your unconscious mind will pick it up. Let me give you another one. Again, a universal indicator of somebody has power. They own space. Yeah, they own land. They take yeah. up space. Now, that's not to say they take up your space. That is that is territorially aggressive. Okay? But they own, they take up space. So you'll notice when I gesture... That I own all the space around me. Okay. You'll notice when I gesture with my hands, often my hands will take all the space they can. They will stretch out their fingers. Yeah. In order to take that space. So you can see that I don't fear. There is no stress around me having all the space that is mine. If I were with you at a table and we were having a meeting and I wanted to, to help you understand how much territory okay, that I, I feel comfortable having, I would make sure, just as I have in the image here in front of you, that I place my water, my resource, yeah, my drinking resource, a full arm span away from me so that every time I go for that, my, the joints on my arm lock out. So number one, you start to see how big I am. Yeah. Bigger generally says more status. Yeah. And that I'm purposely causing myself to lock out my arm as I go and get my resource again shows that I'm not afraid to take that space, which is mine. Now, that's very different. As I show you that image, Johnny, that's very different from somebody who's going to keep their resource close to them. Yeah. Keep their resource very, very close. So I'm just, you know, holding my mug very close to my lips. This now looks like somebody who is worried that this would be taken away from them. Yeah. So I don't look like a confident owner of the valuable resource of the water that I have, you know, the coffee that I have and the space that I have around me. Notice I've done that. I'm also losing the fight against gravity as well. (laughs) Yeah.
0: Yeah, that, that's interesting. I'm definitely going to keep that in mind next time I go to a networking meeting. I think uh, so. It's a good. One. Uh, a lot, of, a lot of the people who are in the audience for this show are people who will regularly be giving presentations, either as public speakers or or in environments in front of the board or things like that. What, in your opinion, some some of the pu- body language skills that they could use to increase their authority and persuasion from from a platform
1: yeah i'll give you a really simple one really and which is the best one that i have which is open palm gestures at exactly navel height so simple as that if you are live in a room with with somebody first of all you want to show more of yourself than less of yourself if there is a lectern there do not stand behind it unless it has a seal of office on it Uh, which has more power So if I'm in a room and there is the American seal of the president's office on the lectern, I am standing behind it. Okay. I'm going to take that seal of office. Okay. And I'm going to use that imagery, that icon in order to imbue me and infuse me with, again, centuries of power and centuries of influence. If not, if it says, you know, Marriott hotel on it, I don't care. It's that's of no use to me whatsoever. I will move away from that lectern. nothing wrong with the Marriott hotel very well by the way, you always look after me very very well but you're not as powerful as the president's office okay. So so I'll move away from that lectern and I'll show more because when insufficient data you default to negatives when more sufficient data you're more likely to have a positive view of me. Even if you're seeing more negative signals from me, the fact that you can see more negative signals, the fact that you can see more is of more advantage to you in the, in the life and death you know, situation that living on the earth is. So, so I'll move away from that and I will do open palm gestures at exactly navel height, which show you, number one, no tools, no weapons, nothing in my hands, nothing to harm you. Okay. So it causes you to trust me. It also brings a sense of me being calm and assertive because I don't need tools or weapons. I don't need anything in my hands right now. Okay. I will bring my arms away from the sides of my body. So I'm not protecting those delicate organs and I'll display the center of gravity and the delicate organs that are in the, in that, belly area, I will open up that area to show you that I don't fear any attack. There's no predators in the room, and I'm not a predator. Because if there were predators in a room, and I, or I was the predator, that center of gravity would crunch in, in order to protect those delicate organs. So remember what I said right at the start of this, we are descendant from ground-dwelling mammals. And as we stood upright on the plains of A- Africa millennia ago, um, in order to be able to run and to, and to duck and weave and be able to hunt, um, for, uh, of, of our own accord for, for meat rather than, you know, having to just deal with the bones that are being left around by other predators. As we started yeah. to be more active, okay, what we did is we gave up that protection of the ground of our bellies and opened up that area we didn't grow and evolve ribs all the way down because we wouldn't have been able to run for a long distance like we're able to run um so so there's a there's there's uh you know pluses and minuses to all of this and so when we're confident we will display that belly air not overtly but more than we would if we were unconfident where we'll do a lot more covering up of that area or we'll be concave in the abdomen Anyway, yeah. that makes sense, John. No, it's, it's
0: interesting that we still have, it's like conditioning from ancestry,
1: really. Yeah. Like, well, we still so hold the same genetic, DNA. Yeah. We still hold the same brainstem, some of the same limbic system, social mammalian brain, about 5.5 million years. And we've still got a 500 million year old brainstem. It's not really changed in its architecture for m- literally millions of years. And it's a good job it hasn't, because we'd be dead if it had. Or or we'd evolve something alive, right? That was useless, yeah? Yeah, absolutely.
0: So I'm curious as to uh, somebody who has studied this for for a long time, I I wonder how much can you tell about somebody from their body language and how accurate is body language as a form of reading what's going on with people?
1: Yeah, so look, because I've been hanging around this area and obsessed with it, I probably have more vocabulary than most people on the planet as to what the body can do and the nuances of that. Okay. So number one, let's just say I know more words than most other than the average person. And so you'll understand words of power, like vocabulary is power, uh, yeah. because you can differentiate, in a in a sharper way and that can mean more accuracy yeah if we think of a, a target made up of you can see you can see the target is split into three areas i'm going gosh i can see the thirty areas that it's so when you say hit it in the center i'm going oh i can really see the center of this whereas other people might be going yeah it's that large blob about a foot wide that's the center of that target it's like ah i've split the center into many different areas and actually the center of this target isn't what you think the center is so there can be that as as, as well and, and there's no yeah. look and you're not obsessed with it like i am so why would you know what i know so look i got more, more vocabulary that's interesting that's not the main thing i'm using critical thinking so you on the whole and you're right to use it you're using your instinct around this and you're calling your instinct right because it feels right you are going, well i just you know i'm just really intuitive about this yes you are good you are that's why you're alive but it doesn't mean you're making the right calls on people you're making the safe calls on people your instinct is in it for you and it's in in it for your safety now okay it wants to be safe today accurate tomorrow okay so your instinct it has no bearing on accuracy it doesn't care about accuracy it would rather be wrong and safe okay cuz that's that's it's, it's what i'm doing it, so long as i'm in a place where i have a lot of resource and i already know i'm safe i'm not using my instinct anymore I, I mean, it's not that I've cut it off. I can't, you'd need to, uh, you'd have to inject some chemicals into me or, or use a scalpel to cut off my sure. instinct. I'm taking my instinct and I'm going, great, that's my instinct. And I'm taking that judgment and I'm literally, not literally, I'm, I'm in my mind, literally, you like, I see myself going, okay, take that, put it on a shelf. And I take that and I put it on a shelf. Now that means it's still mine. My instinct is still mine. It isn't wrong. It's just on the shelf right now, and that opens up my mind to, do, to go through a critical thinking process, which means I am so much more likely to be more accurate than most other people on the planet. Your instinct could get exactly the same answer as me, okay? So that's okay, but I'm going to gamble on the whole across its lifespan it doesn't. My critical thinking is more accurate than your instinct for more of my lifetime. Now, by the way, I only do this when people pay me, okay? Because it's a it's a very tricky thing to do, okay? And, and it's a job. It's not it's not fun. It's not a sport. So when people go, well, do you know, do you t- turn up to parties and you're critically thinking people's behavior? It's like, no, that's an annoying person to be around. <laughs> Why would you ever do that? Yeah. No, I'm just there with my instinct again. Now, if I feel that it would be useful and helpful to suspend those judgments for any reason, because I can see an advantage in that, yes, I would start to do it then. And then somebody might go to me, so what did you think of this, that person at that part? And I'll be able to go, ah, oh, yeah, uh, uh, yeah, I was, uh, I, I did a, a quick analysis of them. Here's what I think. And then they might go, wow, I didn't see any of that. I didn't see any of that going on. It's like, why would you? Why would you? Anyway, again, hope that makes sense, Johnny.
0: I it agree. does. Yeah, it's kind of like a therapist going to a party, right? you can't necessarily switch off the the therapist inside you, and you get those triggers and I, feelings about people from things they say, but you're not necessarily going to say anything about it. You're going to be like just put that over there and enjoy the party. But if someone asked you afterwards, yeah, you might say, yeah, well, I observed this or I heard
1: this, and to me, that means this, that, and the other. yeah. It's not the contract to to show up to social events doing your job you know if i if i'm if, I'm, if i worked in garbage disposal do i show up at everybody's <laughs> party, at the party and empty their bins it's like, well, you no. get
0: invited to more parties you maybe. Might, <laughs> but they might, for a
1: lot of people it'd be like come on relax man. you know relax Bass, bassman's yeah. holiday yeah right. yeah it's like relax so i'm the same i'm the same unless i i see something that could really be helped by yeah by what i do and then and then i i might but i'm still not likely to there's a lot involved with it and it, it would require me asking questions of people covertly that that it, it might feel odd to them i'm pretty good at it that it wouldn't feel odd but after a while they might go why do you keep asking me these kind of questions this is a bit odd and i'd be the odd <laughs> guy <laughs> i'm already i already maybe don't fit in quite entirely so why make it worse
0: it's, it's over. fitting is overrated in my yeah. opinion but yeah so i definitely get that from that perspective and one of the, part of the ethos of this show is my goal is to help people who have good positive powerful life-changing messages get that out into the world and have oh. influence and be able to persuade people in good and positive ways but of course these things can these are tools so i mean what we what a lot what we share is tools and, and just ways of doing things so when you know how it's done, and you're do- not just doing things unconsciously or from instinct, as you say, that, uh, that it becomes more intentional and tools can be used for good or bad. But in general, most people don't have that kind of level of awareness. And I know that you, you have some stuff about this, uh, um, I guess, it, probably in your recent book, but how good is body language enabled to tell us the veracity of people and and what's going on there? What can we read or generally get from people? in terms of whether they're on the level.
1: Yeah. Okay. So you're looking like, can I tell if somebody's lying or is being deceitful, which is one of the biggest questions in body language, because wouldn't that be wonderful if you, you know, well, yeah, yeah. So it's so, it's such a wonderful idea that there's a fairy tale written about that called Pinocchio. Um, (laughs) Yeah. It is such a wonderful, beautiful idea full of such power that there's a fairy tale written about it, and don't you think you'd know how to do it already if it were available? <laughs> don't you, I, I don't. You think if that were possible, if you could tell that somebody's definitely lying from their non-verbal communication, all human beings would be able to do it. Our brain is not a knowledge machine; it's a prediction machine. Okay, it's just sometimes it predict predicts so accurately, so often that we think it's knowledge, but it isn't. It's just algorithms that, that predict. So can you be better at predicting? Yes, you can. Can you know, can you read somebody's mind? No, there's people out there on the planet that will try and convince you that you can that they can, but you're at a point in your life when you, you would again, love that fairy tale so much that you will buy into it. So usually this, here's what I usually ask people if they go, Hey, can you tell if people are lying? I usually say to them, "Who are you most worried about right now? Yeah, give <laughs> me what's their name. Yeah, what <laughs> is their name? Okay, <laughs> because because you you don't care m- mainly if people are lying or not in your you know they are you know you are like it's part of the one of the most important our most important social skills is being able to lie and join in with a lie. Otherwise, how would we get on with with anybody? Yeah. How would anything work if that weren't the case? So you know, you have to be able to accept lies and deliver them really well. Okay. In order for things to function. So now we've got to know who is the person in your life or group in your life that you fear so much that you want to break that social contract of accepting lies. Yeah. That you want to not do that. Well, this, that becomes interesting. And at that point. Somebody like me will go, so, okay, I get the name of the person. What's it actually worth to you? Put a figure on it and let's see whether you can afford hiring somebody (laughs) to come in and get closer to the truth around this because there's a process uh, involved in that. And, and And if it's not that valuable to you, forget it forget it. Like carry on. You know, the other thing people often say to me, Oh, you know, must, must be terrible being one of your kids because you must know when they're lying. And it's like, even if I did or I didn't, why would I strip them of that basic fundamental thing of being able to get one past? Yeah. Why strip them of that? Like, what kind of, what kind of father do you think I am? (laughs) I want (laughs) to, I want to, you know, rid them of being a human being. Anyway, is it, is there not
0: potentially an element where even if you did that, they would start to figure out the ways to disguise that and to, no, nobody's that good at that.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Nobody's laughs> that good. It's like, it doesn't like, not if you look like all things, it depends how good the person is on the other side of that. Like it just like it's, if you want to, if you want to go into battle, on that, but I maybe have spent more time looking at this than you've spent pr- trying to produce this. Okay. Mm-hmm. So, and I've seen you coming. So, and my radar is on. So look, I'm not saying it's impossible, but but anyway, why would I, why would I want to, to give you that, rid you of that fundamental, amazing feeling of going, I got away with that.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, So, I, th- I think we we, uh, we tend to underestimate how much uh, lying is a part of the social fabric. And, and without it, you know, it would be like uh, removing all the grease from the cogs and wheels. And yeah. The, the machinery would fall apart pretty quickly. It's, well, it gets uh, a, a bad rap, doesn't it, lying?
1: It's like, it gets a really bad rap. It's just like it's been turned into just morally a bad thing. St. Augustine wrote a number of treaties on, on lying and which ones were okay lies and which ones were were bad lies um say you're sheltering somebody from somebody who's violent and they come round to your home and go hey is is so-and-so here yeah are well, you gonna you gonna lie or not yeah no, i'm gonna lie yeah because you are because you are <laughs> you're gonna be a good liar hopefully yeah you're gonna do your best aren't you yeah. you're gonna do your best so hang on so i'm unsure i thought lying was bad yeah I don't think it is bad. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> exactly. So, yeah, don't um, lying. Lying is sometimes, but not all of the time, bad, depending on the situation yeah. and, and where you uh, stand within that.
0: Yeah, definitely a situation specific kind of thing. Are there some elements or, or characteristics in, in body language, particularly, that do tend to indicate someone is fairly truthful or, or at least give that impression?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Sure. I can give you that impression. Yeah. Just, yes. Open palm gestures at exactly navel height is the, is the biggest indicator across the planet that most people are going to go, yeah, simply because it, it alters so much of the body. It's such a big and done consistently, clearly and consistently. It's such a big signal that it, it changes your voice. It changes blink rates. It changes the way that your, your, your cadence the rhythm of your speech and the tonality of it will perform so it it has a very strong overall effect and it's a big enough strong enough image that the perceiver will mirror it internally and go if i was like that i would be being pretty honest because look no no predators in the room they're not a predator they're calm and assertive trustworthy yeah so if if I were going to gamble I would gamble on that more than anything else on the planet and in, ter- in terms of the reversal of that what are the biggest indicators of somebody being deceitful we know there is no one indicator de- yeah. of that all I'm doing with open palm gestures at navel height is I'm causing very very quickly a cluster of signals to happen and many of them and what I would call in behavior a cascade effect I'm doing just one thing With my unconsciously, with my behavior, which is moving my elbows into around a 45 degree angle, opening my palms. Yeah. And just by doing that, cascade effect very, very quickly, which means that the observers get a kind of a cluster bomb of signals, which is very hard for them to think their way out of.
0: Right. A lot of us are only really being seen in these sort of little square boxes like we're in right now on video. Open palm gestures at ways how might not be so visible. But so is there anything that maybe fits more for the Zoom lifestyle
1: that, that, that could be beneficial for people? Yeah, absolutely. So, so uh, camera changes things slightly in, the, in that my focus has now gone to something else, which is to engage you with a moving image okay, and, and engage you where I'm large in the frame so that I keep reminding your instinct that I am live and present right now. So yeah, what you'll notice is my hands come high up into passion, yeah, which is raising my heart rate and breathing rate and will be raising yours as well. Just look what happens if I hang my hands down by my side and I'm just a talking head with you right now and i'm not a strongly animated moving image it's the same person same written the same four books same expertise are you as engaged with me do you want to stay with me for so long okay the moment my hands come up and they start to be animated this is literally as my fingers move your neocortex gets some sparks of in it because it knows when fingers move like this, that takes the, the motor cortex and you start mirroring that. Okay. So I'm not so focused on trust and credibility on the camera. I'm focused on life, on getting you engaged mm. with, with this. Makes sense? Yeah. Definitely going to start doing more of that. Good. Yeah. Thank you. Uh, So uh,
0: I know I know we don't have uh, a lot of time left, but there there are still a few things we'll ask you. And and one question that I I really do want to ask you, and maybe you already shared it, but what is your number
1: one influence persuasion tool that you, you always go to? Oh, really nice. Well, I'd start with the influence piece because I can't do persuasion really with the people that really matter, which is the people that are not doing what I want them to do, or my client wants them to do your chance of getting to that, unless you do the influence part first is about null and void. Cause you can't do the persuasion, yeah. which is the move hard unless you're on the same journey as them. So actually it's more of a, it's somewhat of a verbal thing more than anything else I would say. And that's to ask them where they are. Now that's an, that's an interesting question because it, because it, It can be, that can be metaphorical or psychological or actually where they are on the planet. But I'm looking to align with their current location. Now, often if I am on the same spot on the planet as them, it's really easy to, it's easier to align with their current location. I will literally stand next to them and look in the same direction as them. and. To the extent that it is useful adopt some of their behaviors, some but not all, only the ones that are useful to moving them forward, only the ones that I feel are already enough going in the right direction for where I want to take them, uh, I'll start to adopt those behaviors. So this NLP idea of pacing and leading, I don't do that. I, only, I would only mirror the behaviors that are already going down the right route. Because I want to lead, yeah. lead them rather than spiral with them into the oblivion of whatever abyss that they might be in right now. But, but,
0: but still establishing rapport. Yeah.
1: You, to, to an extent. To an extent. Yeah. But sometimes, no, I wouldn't. For sometimes, I might go straight for look, adopt this behavior. It's better for you, it's more exciting, mm. it's more. And so sometimes if, I, I will be super kind of pro social. For, and do very pro-social body language and see how quickly they'll join in with me. Because ultimately I'm going, look, this is more fun, isn't it? And quickly they'll join in because they just go, yeah, it's better. It's more exciting. Yeah. Absolutely. But ultimately, yes, what I'm trying to do, first of all, is do the influence piece, which is to see it from their direction. And I might even ask them, so where, so tell me where you are right now. And they might go, well, well, what do you mean with, with X or Y? And I go, yeah, exactly. And I don't, I don't know. I don't care what they say. I just want them to give me a clear linguistic location because once they do that, I'll go, yeah, exactly. And, and I'll just join in on that and help describe it with them. That's cool. That's cool.
0: Yeah. I, I... I know we have to wrap everything up, but you have several great books. And Can you
1: tell us very briefly about, about your most recent book? Yeah, Uh most recent book, Truth and Lies, What People Are Really Thinking, written uh, by myself and co-author Tracy Thompson. I would suggest this book is a uh, book on critical thinking disguised as a book on body language. Because the books on body language, there's some really good ones out there, but they're never as useful as people might hope. And so this has all the really good stuff that you'd really love to hear on body language, human behavior. But at its core is a way of thinking more clearly and more accurately about human beings. And that's really for me, the real power is critical thinking rather than intuitive or instinctual thinking. That's really good, does save your life, and you can't stop it. So it's okay. But for somebody that will be working in influence and persuasion or body language behavior at my level, you need something else, which is critical thinking. Absolutely. I'm a big fan of critical thinking,
0: and, and that's certainly right up my street. You mentioned one one of the books earlier, but I wonder if I could ask you, other than your own books, are there any other books that you would recommend that people should check out, either in this topic or just something you think? everyone should read
1: yeah you know if you're thinking about influence and persuasion i said it before at the start but chase's book the ellipsis manual i mean i mean go go i would go towards well you know what he's done which is brilliant which is he's taken he'll stop you having to trawl through a lot of a lot of some of you know Many, some of you may have read through some of those very, very thick books on influence and persuasion, especially if you delved into NLP, you might have, like me, if you've hacked through the works of Milton Erickson. <laughs> it's like, it's a, yeah, it, some of them, Yeah, Yeah, it's a stack of, <laughs> it's a stack of paper, yeah? It, it means you may not have to do that unless you want to dive, dive deep, like he's already gone into that and pulled out what is most essential within a lot of that it's- work.
0: Oh, well, there's definitely going in the show notes as well as some links to your books. What's the best place for
1: people to come and find out more about you? Yeah, truthplane.com, T-R-U-T-H-P-L-A-N-E, truthplane.com, or Google Mark Bowden, Mark with a K-B-O-W-D-E-N, and you'll find me.
0: We'll we'll have those links in there as well. As we wrap things up there, Mark, what's the one thing you hope people will most take away or even implement from this conversation today?
1: Yeah. Uh, really good, really good question. Understanding that for me, it really is about thinking more accurately about people in terms of influence and persuasion, not the power that you might be able to gain over them or around them, but how you might better understand them. Uh, A great, lovely guy, Joe Navarro, one of the, the, the true kings of behavior and body language. I was with him a couple of years ago at an event And he turned, I don't know, we were chatting about something and observing people and talking about what we do. And he turned to me and he said, he said, it's really only about getting on better with people, isn't it? I was going, yeah, it really is. That's (laughs) all it's about. It's just like, how can you get on better with people? And we were there with the people in the security services and and all of that stuff, save lives and and stop billions of dollars getting siphoned into awful places. And really, we're just going, it's just about being able to get on better with people
0: yeah i think what everybody's saying is the first book i ever read about body language and stuff it is uh, definitely worth checking out joe Navarro's stuff yeah uh, mark it's been a real pleasure speaking to you it's been such an interesting conversation thank you so much for your time your information and sharing so much great stuff with us really appreciate it oh my pleasure anytime johnny thanks for tuning in i hope you've enjoyed the show and if you did make sure you subscribe for future episodes i have some great episodes coming up for the end of the year and of course we'll have a special new year episode for you too in january you'll be hearing a lot more information about our new sponsorship arrangement with brandface and i'll be introducing you to the people behind that incredible company and telling you more about that as we come to the close of 2021 it has been a spectacular year for speaking influence and i think we're in a very good place to be looking forward to an even more spectacular 2022 i hope the same for you and for all of your loved ones too have a very happy christmas and a spectacular new year let's make 2022 the best year yet